Hello, welcome to my guide to EU financial politics and policy developments podcast. Today, I'm focusing on a survey that was done by CFA Institute amongst its membership, global membership, and that was really um, in order to pulse what um, the financial uh, investment profession is thinking on COVID and its effects on asset management. To, to remind you, we did a survey back in 2020 already, and that really was at the very beginning when COVID started. It already threw up some, uh, some issues as to members seeing a slower recovery than expected, differences also regionally, but also very interestingly, different reactions to the stimulus that the various governments had been pushing out in order to help the economy. Again, another point from that 2020 survey was that regulators and industry were working closely together to address any systemic or business conduct or investor protection issues that were coming out in, in this pandemic. And that links me in then to a survey that the Edelman Trust has done. And it, this, they came out with this in March 2021. And I mentioned this survey because it shows a big society change. It shows a change from people looking to governments to change and to handle the pandemic to consumers and employees expecting uh, their company senior management to deal with this, to speak out on the pandemic impact and to speak out also on societal issues. That is a big change. We've seen that as you open your FT and any other financial newspapers, you see CEOs of investment managers speaking out on job automation or work online. You see messages coming across that, that companies are repurposing themselves to act in the public good. Again, all of these were already starting pre-pandemic, but it is a significant note that with the pandemic, there has been an even stronger shift. And that has quite a large impact on financial markets and the way um, consumers and investors are looking at the, at the financial markets and the financial industry. Again, what this Edelman Trust Survey also said, and that will help us put into context the 2021 COVID survey of our members, businesses uh, are expected to step in when governments are not fixing societal issues. And also that CEOs of companies, whether they're in the financial industry or um, in the economy, should take the lead on change rather than waiting for government to affect that change. And I think that again shows um, a positive move forward. Remember that the economy and the financial industry in the 10 years post-financial crisis 2008 were in a um, very negative mood. Regulators would regulate almost to punish and to contain, and uh, the financial industry felt driven into a corner. We're out of that, and I think we're part of the solution. And again, this COVID survey will go into that in, in some detail. Now, turning to the COVID 2021 survey in itself, the first questions in that survey, and I remind uh, my listeners that the full survey is available on the CFA Institute website, COVID 2021 survey. Most of um, the global members are predicting a K-shaped economic recovery. Now, that is a new one. We always used to talk about the U. Uh, or the V-shape, but the K-shape, what does that mean? It means that the globe is recovering at different paces. 
and different rates and different magnitudes. Now, again, what I think is interesting that the EU is, uh, has a bigger prediction on that K-shaped economic recovery. And that works because in the EU, of course, there is fragmentation. The club med countries versus the Nordics uh, versus the Central European versus the sort of northern, more Anglo-Saxon economies, they all are recovering and all have a different vision of the economy. So that is very logical. But there is also a significant percentage. And I think once you see the, the split, when we talk about the K-shaped recovery, it's about 47% of EU members are predicting this recovery. But 32% also see that there is a slow but steady recovery. So again, does that point to the EU leading on, even though there is fragmentation in the pace of recovery, it's still leading on the change because there is an EU recovery plan and a next generation EU recovery fund? Perhaps. Now, let me go into the next generation EU fund, because that is important when we look at our EU members response, which is what I'll mostly be focusing on in this podcast. The next generation EU fund um, really was a very significant change from previous action on the economy by the EU member states. 750 billion euros being made available, which the Commission is using to borrow on the financial markets, and which is really quite a significant of gross national income. This money, which is added, of course, to the stimulus by the ECB, which is also another 750 billion euros, this 750 billion euros of the next generation EU fund will be channeled through existing EU programs and repaid through a long period of time. But the effect is being felt right now. Our CFA society members across the EU are working in some cases with governments to look at how to stimulate a recovery, how to work on, on giving advice to companies that need to recover. And so this is really important for our members uh, and it's important in the EU. It is also helping to kickstart the EU economy by incentivizing private investments. And it is looking, of course, to address some of the challenges that the EU is facing, whether it's in green investment and reforms and digital investments. Uh, so clearly, it is helping to underpin the Green Deal as well, which, of course, as a reminder, is what the von der Leyen Commission had at its main task for the years 2019 to 2024. So you do see that coming out in, in this global COVID survey. Again, uh, looking now to the financial markets, prudential regulators have really also been supporting the, 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 the markets notably the money markets and giving liquidity support. And maybe also sometimes in the case of banks, relief on capital requirements or the postponement of stress testing. Um, but they have made sure that there has been increased surveillance on fraud, increased surveillance on business conduct or mis-selling um, and credit ratings. So again, there's been both um, oversight of some of the potential issues that could be happening in the crisis, but also um, a, um, a support. And again, 50% of our EU members, and at, at the global level, this is 51%, so it's pretty, pretty the same globally and at the EU, have agreed that regulators have overall properly addressed the situation in line with their man mandate. However, Notably also, 25% of EU members are also saying that these, mem th these measures may have been excessive. Again, that shows 
Um, this duality of response, which I found very interesting in this COVID survey. What else have our respondents said? Globally, they underline that regulators should be focusing on systemic risk and too big to fail institutions in distress. That is logical, forcing governments perhaps into new rounds of bailouts. 40% of our members think that. The risk of pension systems undergoing severe stress as a result of the crisis, of course, there was already a demographic issue. There was already a concern about pension systems um, in this very low interest rate environment, bringing that, that, uh, that into question. But this, this crisis has highlighted this and 36% of our members think, so it's, it's number two in what our, our members think they should be, regulators should be focusing on. Also, a risk of breakdown in the credit markets, money markets, and distressed money market funds. Now, at the global level, IOSCO, the International Organizations of Securities Regulators, has been working on money market funds and uh, some of the liquidity issues and some strengthening issues for investors. At the FSB level, there's also been work going on. So globally, regulators are very much aware of this. But the EU has had a slightly different focus. Within the EU, our respondents think that the risk of pension systems undergoing severe stress as a result of the crisis is the top concern, and systemic risk comes at number two. Now, that is logical. The EU, and especially some of the more southern uh, members, but also in Central Eastern Europe, have very weak pension systems. And pension systems that in some cases in the southern states relied perhaps too much on the pillar one, which is the government pension, with a link to the social security. There has been an overhaul in the pension systems. This has happened in Spain recently. But again, also uh, coverage. And this has been an issue in the, the Netherlands. Pensions funds managers are very important. But there, has been, there have been issues of, of coverage. So the, the whole pension situation in the EU in the coming years will be uh, a strong focus for regulators. And the EU, remember, has also brought out an EU-wide pension project, which is called a PEP. Uh, will that be um, under helping and underpinning some of the issues that we're seeing in the pension? That is too soon to tell, but it is an interesting development, I would say. Again, um, what is another point of note for our members? Financial reporting. Can companies uh, report everything um, that they're undergoing at the moment? There is an increased demand for financial reporting and non-financial reporting uh, within the green um, and sustainability agenda. Um, co companies are stressed in COVID times. So what, what do our members want uh, regulators to focus on? Globally and at the EU level, it, it is about the same. Regulators should be encouraging companies to provide more forward-looking information and on the impact of the crisis of their uh, financial results. That is logical. The forward-looking element is a new thing. And again, it's something that when we used to talk to regulators, and I have in, in many conversations, regulators would say, we cannot look forward. We can just take stock of the moment in time and of the past. But now regulators are increasingly becoming very forward-looking, sandboxing new ideas, listening to stakeholders, bringing in new ideas. So that is very encouraging for global regulation. Again, what is another key issue that um, has an impact on COVID-19 on COVID and the let's say, the, the, the stress uh, uh, of the economy in the EU specifically, of course, that is Brexit. 
Brexit has uh, a significant impact on EU capital markets. And I think when we go back to this K recovery, that, that is directly a concern for the EU member states. We, they're still not a single market. They are not being organized in, in a framework of a federal state. No, there are different member states with different concerns and different ways to get out of this crisis. So Brexit, with the biggest capital market sitting right outside the EU, has a significant concern for a recovery post-COVID. So will, will that impact an even stronger EU push for a single market? Will that stimulate that debate on tax, which is necessary in order to rebuild at the EU level uh, a convergence? Again, that is all for the future and probably will be the subject of a next podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Mm -hmm.